What's oh, the boy. worst job you've ever had? You know, I haven't had a lot of terrible jobs. I think I worked in like a box office when I was in college. That was a little bit of a pain in the ass. But and I had I mean, I was teaching for an online school for like five years. That sucked. But I've never had like a miserable job. Well, that's good. And, Have and you? Long may, long may continue. The worst job I've ever had, I spent uh, a, a long summer working in a fucking hell, a factory, right, that uh, pumped out sheet metal. Okay. Uh, before it was made into dog food tins, right? Oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, it, no, well, it wasn't. Uh, long <laughs> kind of night shifts, mm. watching these sheets, and we're talking kind of millimeters thin sheets of metal flinging out of this machine uh, and I would just basically put metal bands over them and put them on pallets and send them to another part of the fucking factory right it was dull as shit it was hot there were chemicals in the air um a couple of times a week you'd see people like last badly lacerating their hands Ugh. it was it was fucking horrific it sounds like you got this job in like 1880 <laughs> yeah um it, it was literally just just you know, to, to get some money uh, in, in like, you know, holidays from school. But... Wait, you were but, like, you were not an adult when you were doing this? Uh, no, I was 18. 18 oh, okay, 19, okay, gotcha. I was like, so, so yeah. it's like child labor in a factory? It really <laughs> yeah. is. This, this is like a very Dickensian story that you're telling me right here. Um, but as, as, as horrible as that was, right, as fucking horrific as that summer was, um, it, it pales into insignificance next to what I I'm confident is probably one of the worst jobs that you could be doing on planet earth right now. Oh boy. And that is the, the job of moderating content for Facebook. Oh boy. I can the life, only imagine. Yeah. The life of a, of a Facebook content moderator. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, to to just to, to kind of introduce this as a role, right? Because uh, oh man, Facebook employs some uh, some fifteen thousand people globally to moderate content, right? So wow. whenever if you see if you see something shady on Facebook, do you think, oh, hang on, that's a bit fucking, it's a bit rum that shouldn't be there. Uh, <laughs> that probably violates some guidelines. <laughs> uh, you can report it. It will then go out to uh, a team content moderators who then have to uh, make a judgment based on Facebook's policies and their own kind of moral compass and, and, and whatnot sure. about whether it should be removed or not. And we had we had one of these on our group. On our we did, yes. Very early jail. on in the Facebook group, <laughs> <laughs> immediately something got zucked, like, <laughs> right Zuck, out yeah. the gate. Beautifully put. <laughs> um, and having, you know, seen that clip, and now knowing that that would have gone in front of an actual pair of human eyes, think about the fucking task of having to moderate every single flagged post. There are something like three million flagged posts on Facebook per day. Okay? Jesus. Uh, and and 15,000 people looking at them. And 15,000 people looking at them. And in, in terms of, you know, what kind of content these posts contain um so uh 40 of these are nudity and sexual activity 25 mm. percent violent and graphic content and then you've got your hate speech you've got your you know 
um, yeah. underage pornography, sexual exploitation, bullying, harassment, suicide, self-harm, misinformation, mm-hmm. a constant stream of this, of the fucking absolute worst of humanity. Um, Is there some sort of algorithmic barrier that comes in between any of this stuff? So, like, I know... I mean, I know for some there must be, right? Like, so if you write the phrase men are trash on Facebook, you will get zucked immediately. Like, that's it. You're going to be banned for 24 hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there are some obvious algorithmic barriers. Yes. When it comes to stuff like, say, the gore and content, like stuff like that, because I know that I've seen some stuff on Facebook unintentionally that have been like, how can this be on here? Um, Is there something, some sort of barrier so that they don't have to see every single one of these? Everyone that is clicked on by a human to be flagged goes to a person, right? Uh, Okay. So, you know, that in itself is bad enough. I mean, the turnover uh, of staff, no one does that job for more than a year. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turnover of staff is ridiculous. Mental health issues, wellness issues. and But it gets worse when you realize that only a tiny, tiny proportion of these thousands of people are actually directly employed by Facebook themselves, right? Mm. The vast, vast majority of this content moderation op- uh, uh, operation is outsourced labor, okay? Okay. To third-party companies all across the world, their operations in Hyderabad, uh, in the Philippines, uh, different places around Europe, in America, uh, and each of these companies are subject to some absolutely berserk uh, targets in terms of because you know, you know, I've talked about the volumes of posts these people that, that these content moderators have to have to get through. Um, metrics like accuracy, so. Um, uh, Facebook will dip check a certain percentage of their moderating decisions and weigh them against the decisions of their internal teams. And if the two match, they are considered to be quote unquote accurate. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Something like 300,000 mistakes every day are made by these teams because of the the rate, the workload. If you know, you have. What's considered like a mistake? So like, is that something slipped through the cracks that should absolutely be off Facebook? Or is that just really any kind of discrepancy between the rules or whatever? Like I've said, right, the metric is accuracy. So if I think something should be taken down, right, and Facebook check my decision and they also agree that it should have been taken down, that decision ticks it's accurate, right? But if I've fucked up, if I've, if I've, like you, so uh, to take your example, men are trash, right? Yeah. As, as an example of a post, I'm not saying that men are trash, but. Mm, you can say um, it. I won't suck you. If I decide that post should have been taken down, I take it down, but somebody in Facebook has checked it again. You know, maybe a, 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 a guideline has changed mm-hmm. and they believe it shouldn't have, then that is an inaccurate decision and I will be penalized for it or the company will be penalized for it. Ay, yeah, yeah. And the, the 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 guidance that you have to work towards is insane, right? Mm-hmm. To take your example, right? You've got to use context. You've got to look at the person's recent posts and, and the context of their post. So if I'd written, uh, I I hate women, right? right? That would be deemed unacceptable, would be taken down. But however, you've got to take into account things like emotional state of the post. If my post instead read, uh, uh, I just got dumped, I hate women, that would be fine. Uh-huh. Because of the context around it. Interesting. Uh, 
Very, very much so. Very much so. But the yeah. the which is not the uh, case with men are trash, by the way. <laughs> uh, <of course. laughs> it's a no matter what. But no, uh, as yeah. as one, I completely. But that's agree. an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Thing. I mean, this is. I guess it is interesting to me on multiple levels. One of those being the way it is, um, like the way that content is moderated on Facebook is mm. so unequal and so that's one of yes. the things like so like if you do say something like men are trash you get banned immediately and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. the context it is what it is mm-hmm. it's off you can call me the n-word though and they mm. will not remove that right um and that's where this context thing comes in yes. it feels like they apply it unequally so yes. like they'll be like well in the context of this person's comment we don't really consider it hate speech, you know, yep. because they said yep. something else here. And so it's interesting to see the way that that is like unequally applied there where they'll let like all kinds of like, they'll let yes. rape threats and stuff yes. like that be put out there. And, you know, because of context, it's fine, but not certain other things. So yeah, that's because really interesting. There, there, there is a very strong human element in some of these right. decisions. And uh, the, 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 there's so much room for maneuver mm-hmm. based on the guidelines that they have to work towards. And then you've got the incredibly fucking unsafe working conditions at some of these outsourced partners. You know, um, strictly, strictly limited uh, time away from your screen. Mm. Incredibly uh, prescriptive what you can and can't do on on, on break periods, 15 sure. minutes and 30 minute break periods. You're not allowed to, you know, to, to use your break period uh, for, for, for wellness. You know what I mean? You <laughs> can't use it. You know, uh, on-site oh, counseling, no mental health provisions given in many cases. I was going to ask about that too. Like, are they doing anything to provide for the fact that these people are seeing terrible stuff all day uh, long? You know, people who break NDAs talk about uh, just cultures of really just people using really dark fucking humor just to get through the day. Right, like an EMT or something. Exactly this. Exactly this. People constantly self-medicating throughout the day, smoking weed on out of work and going back just to, to fucking numb what they're trying to what they're seeing um and uh they've actually facebook settled this uh last year in the middle of last year they reached a 52 million settlement uh with lawyers who were speaking up for 10,000 former and current content moderators to provide them compensation for ptsd which is like oh god the horse is already out man like it's this is such a tough thing right because Mm. it's like what what is the alternative to that i don't know developing some form of algorithm that can figure out gore without needing Mm. a human element i'm not sure but it does feel like just being like yeah we acknowledge people are going to be traumatized by this and like best we can do is compensate them for ptsd that doesn't feel right doesn't feel like there should be jobs that are just supposed they're just going to traumatize you well, uh, again, last year, a white paper was was done by a, a New York business school to, to address what Facebook could possibly do to improve mm. working conditions. And, you know, suggestions like they firstly, way, way, way more people need to be doing this to reduce the workload. Right. The, yeah, the pandemic has been very good for Facebook. Right. In terms yeah. of, uh, you know, literally a captive audience. It had a, a massive spike in signups. Yeah. So the volume of traffic has also increased hugely. They need more people doing this. Some of the other recommendations where they need to be employing these people in-house as opposed to outsourced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've even seen the suggestion that Facebook employees should do a tour of duty on content moderation for a few months 
as like part as in of their, like people who are higher up and it should have to go through yes. the process of being yes. a content moderator to get yep. a it's like undercover boss essentially exactly exactly yeah. exactly i think that's um, actually very smart honestly i agree i agree i agree to to give them context you know to give them context into what they're asking their people to yeah, submit i mean like to. what's the worst thing you've ever seen on facebook mark Oh, what a great question. Um, uh, I saw a video um, of a woman uh, being beaten and stoned um, by uh, by just by a huge a mob, by, by, a, by a baying mob of people. Yeah. And just to mention, I think the, the worst thing that I came across on there was someone getting run over by a car and like their head literally popping off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah just wasn't expecting it i think it was in like a last podcast on the left group or something like that there's one of those groups that is total trash and just yep. like old edgelords you know who are yeah, just like sure, oh sure, let's sure. put this stuff out here but mm. i'm just thinking like that's something you know slipped through the cracks or whatever or probably was only there for a period of time um yep. and that like if it had been worse than that it probably would have been more immediately yes. taken off right and yes. so just to think something that's as like horrifying as these things that we saw are probably amongst some of like if it was able to slip through the cracks this wasn't even the worst of what they see yes. in like an hour yeah. period yeah. you know and that they I mean, imagine it, you know, that all day long like we're pretty grim people long. we've seen some shit but oh absolutely like, voluntarily voluntarily and not all day long yeah. you know i've never but, sat you know, and just watched gore all real life gore all uh, day long no no fucking chance. And, you know, again, for those people who speak out, for those people who break NDA, they talk of, you know, workplaces with people who, because it isn't just video, you know what I mean? It's misinformation, yeah. it's racism, yes. it's hate speech, it's prejudice. And that stuff, you know, people talk of, of colleagues, you know, becoming fucking inured, not, you know, it, 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 it having an effect, drip, 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 drip over days and weeks and months. Uh, absolutely wild i cannot think of a worse fucking job i really can't yeah because it's it's so low reward like to do something like thinking about other jobs that might be traumatic like being an mm. emt or something like that where you would see bodies mm -hmm. or whatever you still mm -hmm. get you still save people's lives other times mm -hmm. or you know there are these balances to yeah. that as opposed to like, here is my quota of accuracy I need to get to of seeing bodies and gore and hate speech and yep. rape threats and uh, all this and stuff all day exactly long. And that is exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. I mean, you know, the the you might see in some cases 400 separate pieces of content a day, 400 pieces of flag content like the, per day. I'm imagining the things that, like, I have never seen and don't ever want to mm. see. Like, there, I'm sure these people come across so much like child porn and things like yes. that. And oh, yeah. obviously in all my interneting, that is not a thing that I have ever had to deal with. And just imagining uh, all day. 9% of all flagged posts relate to child nudity and sexual exploitation of children. Like that would- So in 400, 400 posts a day, you're gonna see 40 videos. That's Fucking horrifying hell. to think about. Like I, that is, that is worse, I think, like, you know, than seeing somebody's head pop off or whatever, things like that, to be sitting there and have to yes. deal with the exploitation of children. Yeah. And yeah. And outsourced, outsourced partners pay badly. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, you know, Facebook makes billions per year. And without that service, 
it is it it, it it's untenable it can't right. it can't work without that service for me it's definitely one of those you fucking think you've got it bad moments yeah at least you're not moderating content at facebook yeah uh, and I want to take a moment to recognize you if you are. You're doing great work and, you know, keep it up. <laughs> There's like some poor Rad. person who actually is a Facebook content moderator listening to this like, oh, oh I do have the worst job in the world. We see you. All right. We, we see, see you. you. Damn it. Ugh. God damn it. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish in fact. My favorite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. It must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Corey, movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me now. I'm in life. This is, I'm, I'm fucking in. Episode 23? 24. 24. Episode 24. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make like the 24 sound, but I actually like, I don't think I can pull it off. So I'm not going to embarrass myself with it. Um, I, I, I certainly <laughs> I had a 24 it. ringtone. I had the CTU 24 oh, ringtone. Um, I was a, a we've, 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 this is not news to you because we've had this discussion, but I was a fucking rabid 24 fan. Um, yeah. Jack fucking Bauer, man. In in my have you ever seen Phone Booth? Yes. So in my head, um, Kiefer Sutherland in Phone Booth is actually Jack Bauer on a kind of a PTSD break. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on my head, kind of that particular. Because I, I didn't enjoy Phone Booth at all. And I fucking, no, it's a, I, it's a very bad movie. Rubbish. But to make it entertaining for myself, I fleshed it out by imagining that uh, Kiefer in that film is actually Jack Bauer um, like on that. on a on a mad one. <laughs> I'm completely on board with that. Uh, you know, I love an alternate theory of a film, yes. so mm -hmm. I'm I'm on board. I'm willing to take that as as Good. what that film actually is. Um, but here we are at 24 episodes of Jack of All Graves, uh, and happy to be here. Just just the two of us like this to, week. Just the two of us. Hey, it's great to have people over. It's lovely to you know to to share the Joab journey with. With, with friends but it's also it feels great to have uh, to have you back to myself for a week so indeed uh, it's very nice yes, just uh, get back to out. get back to joag therapy for a week mm -hmm. here and uh, mm -hmm. talk through some stuff that not that we not that we really temper ourselves with other people but i feel like we try to keep on our trajectory when we have someone yes. else in here and uh, i yep. think our minds shall wander we shall mm. just sort of go off and and have a good time yeah 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 um you know, when you've got guests, you've got to behave, haven't you? You know, you've, you've got to try your best yeah. to seem professional. And I do find that. I do find when we've got guests, I do get a little bit angsty about not appearing like a fucking clown. And I don't have that much anxiety no. with you. I, you I don't try just... to impress me at all. Not even <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> not in the slightest. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're back on our bullshit team, just the two of us. And hey. uh, we do want to give a shout out this week. I mean, we've been having so much fun in our mm. Facebook group. Um, mm. Just bizarre things people are posting and uh, conversations that are happening and whatnot. Mm. But this week in particular, um, our buddy Anna uh, jumped into the Facebook with an amazing piece of joag art raised the bar quite substantially my god my god <laughs> yeah. incredible really uh, did raise the bar that has uh us as 
Beetlejuice and Lydia Deeps voluntarily did that with her voluntarily tiny... not asked to do this like she just <laughs> sort of wild. like chilling no financial recompense you know, no. no wild just out of the goodness of her heart um mm. did this and absolutely love it I mean I've been obsessed with Lydia Deeps since I was a child I have a journal that is like the handbook for the recently deceased I beautiful love everything about it I also thought it was kind of fun that hey we have never been in a picture together but now we are so that's kind of entertaining oh as well. God, we haven't, have we? That's wild. No, yeah. So this is Anna has created the only well, that's we've image never met. that, it, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like it, like for a minute, it seems like you forgot that. Like you were like, yeah, yeah there are no pictures of us. Why is that? That's so weird. <laughs> Why haven't we ever taken a selfie? I'm sure, we would have done that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just completely, yeah slipped our minds no since we've never met this is the only image in existence that has both of us in it without a line of like your kitchen and my <laughs> wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. i am in it so that's fun and it's full of all these great horror easter eggs that she put in it uh which are delightful uh, uh lots of killer granny clowns. ripper i can't the i can't granny ripper. granny ripper without yes. cracking up brilliant. <laughs> granny ripper uh yeah it's got the the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. It's uh, yes. it's so good. Just everything about it is great. It's got Zool. Go look at it. We put it on all of our socials. If you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, look up Jack of All Graves on Facebook and join the group. Um, and you can, it's our cover photo now because I just, I love it so much. I shared it everywhere. It is terrific. Did I ever tell you that I did that role in in, in the Little Shop of Horrors musical? Uh, I played the no. dentist as a, as, a, as a youth. Yeah, I did. Stop it. How old were you? I would have been, oh my goodness, I would guess 17. Oh my God. Is there, I know everything you have is on VHS, but please tell me somewhere this exists and someday there is the hope of digitization I, of this. I know it exists, but I don't have it, unfortunately. It would take it would take a load of effort to fucking lay my hands on it, I'll tell you that. It's um, worth it to me, but you know. Okay, leave it with me. Leave someday with me. we will esca- excavate... <laughs> this yes. out and because that is amazing mm, good good time <laughs> i love that what a great little reveal mm. so look at that this image is even more perfect yeah it is it is it, it, it put a big smile on my face yeah so thank you so much for that anna that was a delight like i said mm. if you haven't yet join our facebook group because we're having a lot of fun in there it's a lot of a lot of good weirdos and you know even my mom example. has jumped in so. <laughs> has she really yeah. Yeah, my oh, mom's in there. She posted the thing of the, the grave with the fancy oh, thing over mom. it. That's my mom. Beautiful. And <laughs> uh, that is so fucking surreal to think that your mother has briefly conversed with my mate Mike Bear from Mertha Tidville. That's fucking <laughs> wild. Absolutely berserk. <laughs> the world just gets smaller. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. So if you want to talk to my mom, she's a real big weirdo. She's in the, she's in the group. <laughs> uh, that's so good yeah uh what's on the what's on the docket today mark what are we talking about oh my goodness well we, one of the reasons that i mean it feels like we have to go dark we've had a quite a light yeah. fluffy couple of weeks um but before, before <laughs> really go, light and fluffy as we talked about like <laughs> hikers getting killed in the russian mountains yeah. and like uh, for us it's like for, for us i mean yeah. we, we we often save the you know the 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 really dark stuff for when it's just you and I, don't we? Yes. Um, 
I wanted to just shout out to a couple of films I've seen recently uh, mm. and why I didn't mention this last week, I don't know, because as you know it, I was fucking taken away. Yeah, just watched, buzzing. Yeah, the 1990 remake of uh, of Night of the Living Dead, right, directed by Tom Savini. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I could not contain my fucking giddiness at how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, obviously, you think horror, you think remakes, and your mind instantly jumps out. Like, why are they? Are there no new ideas? Blah 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 blah. Um, sure. But this one, god damn it, it 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 gets what you know what makes the original so great. It gets the dread, it gets the the, the satire, but it's so smart and it was so progressive. Everything about it just lands beautifully. The kills are great. The fucking VFX makeup is great. The performances are fantastic. Um, it, it it inverts the 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 kind of the heroine. Our Barbara is proper fucking, you know, pragmatic and strong. And obviously, she has a bit of a wobble at the start. Who wouldn't? But when she just sees the fucking vulnerabilities of 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 the, of the dead and realizes you can just, she just literally says you can walk right past them. Fucking hell! Very smart. <laughs> um, I love got, you know, a pragmatic hero heroine in anything. Yep. And yeah. Hugely, hugely, hugely cool to see. And you know, in nineteen ninety, you 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 know, you've got a a, a a a black guy making all of the fucking the the right decisions in the movie. The fucking idiot is the rich white fella. You know, yeah. The fucking wealthy white man is the fucking absolute dickhead of the show. And you know, oh, man, this is great film. It's an interesting dynamic in the nineties. And this is, I've always had this thought, and I've just never really taken the time to flesh it out but I've always wanted to make a podcast called like making a millennial and mm -hmm. looking at all of the like 90s media that we consumed mm. that has made mm. us into like there's such like a large population of leftists and whatnot in uh this demographic and at, at the very least people who consider themselves to be feminists and liberals and yes. things like that yes. um and in the 90s there was so much anti-rich white man material not necessarily that meant that your, you know, protagonist was going to be a black guy or anything like that. But there was this very strong thread, like a backlash against the Reaganism okay. and all that kind of stuff of movies where your rich white dude is absolutely the person who is the villain of, of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. so there's like it becomes like a, an arch archetype of that era um including like donald trump is in stuff like little rascals as like the of dad of the rich terrible kid and like mm. you know there's so much of that as a thing going through that and i feel like that shaped so much about like what my generation is like it was really the zeitgeist at that point so i feel like this remake of, is like yeah. in the beginning of that turn towards like we're yeah. We have no time for Alex P. Keaton anymore, you know, not in the 90s. That's not our yep. world. If, if it, I mean, I I didn't note it being that pervasive, that kind of, you know, that that vibe that you've just talked about throughout the 90s. I think it was I, in kids movies a lot in the 90s. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it can't, it can't have failed to, to make an impression, you know, but, but it's it's on full display in the, in the remake of Night of the Living Dead. I love that. Of all the places. <laughs> To make a stand, you know, fucking brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, in other less fun movie news, um, the the fuck me, the director's cut of Midsummer is hard work. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so I don't know. I don't even know what I was thinking. I mean, I put it on late. It's a, almost a three-hour fucking film, right? Yeah, that's and too much a movie. Too goddamn. As we've established much. in the intro to this show, that you mm. didn't know existed in our theme song, we, <laughs> <laughs> in our theme tune, where there is the quote from you saying that movies are too goddamn long. Well, this one is there's too fucking much of it. Maybe you know if there were a couple of jokes in it, for fuck's sake, that might yeah. help. It's kind of, um, yeah, it's unrelenting. It really is. It There's is not, unrelenting. And, you don't and, have any and moments. None at all. There's no levity in it at all. And I will qualify that by saying I, I love the film. It's a fucking staggeringly good movie, beautifully put together. Um, it also pulls off this wonderful trick of making you, at various points during the film, hate everybody in it. Wow. Yep. How clever is that? You literally hate everyone in the film at one point. Which usually it. doesn't work for me. I don't like movies where I hate the cast. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know I, that's usually like a no-go for me i'm a characters person in things so i need to like like people and i do yeah. think midsummer pulls that off very yes. well just having mm. dislikable people all the way down and it still works for me yes um but that said i'm not going to be watching it again anytime fucking soon, <laughs> <if> ever <laughs> yeah your reaction to that was strong and visceral yep. i'm yeah. done with that particular unlike hereditary which i can go back to and have them time and time again <laughs> yeah mm. um i watched a couple of of little l- movies that i enjoyed um including i finally watched caliber which um i had been meaning to watch forever because had martin mccann in it and i've said before mm. we interviewed martin mccann on the electric fan cave um many moons ago and i absolutely mm-hmm. love him just delightful person um northern irish ac- actor uh who is just phenomenal and he is in a movie uh with jack loudon um and it's called caliber and it is basically they go um hunting as kind of a last hurrah or whatever before this guy or right after this guy has had a baby um his wife has had a baby (laughs) and they accidentally kill a kid um while they're out there and then uh in the sort of like panic of it, when the father shows up, they kill him too. Oh shit. To cover up the killing of the kid. But they're Mm. in this small town uh, where everyone knows each other and they are the outsiders. And when these people disappear, it's like, what's going on here? And it is incredibly tense. And one of those movies where you're, you shouldn't root for these people. Yes. But at the same time, you you are and you yeah, want them yeah, to yeah. get away just because the tension is so built up you know that yeah. you're like i can't it's very very hard to watch in that way and i you make a really interesting really well point done. there one of one of the most impressive feats i think a movie can pull off and i'm i'm, I'm certain this will land with you have you ever watched a movie where you find yourself you have to whoa holy shit you have to check yourself because you've realized you're rooting for an absolute scumbag the wrong yeah exactly yeah absolutely mm. So good. Yeah. Such a cool trick. <laughs> um, and it, 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 only a handful of movies off the top of my head I can think of and pull that off. Seven was one of them. Sure, yeah. Um, when you listen to John Doe talking in the back of the cop car at the end, you yeah, fuck me, he's right. Ah! Yeah. And, and there's a, a very weird moment where you, you, you almost have to look at yourself and think, oh, hang on, whoa, 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 oops. Yeah. Um, Four Lions is another Oh, God, yeah. Four lines for you sure. Know, like Riz Ahmed's you, character in that. Yep. You realize sure. two thirds of the way through you are pulling for the for the jihadists. The terrorists, you know what I mean? yeah. Oh, oh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, a stunning trick. And, and yeah, I, I, I'd love some more examples of, of movies that manage that. Yeah. And this is, I think, one of them where you are like, you've just watched them murder people. And mm. somehow through this whole movie, you're you want them to get away. And, then, mm. and you have to keep reminding yourself like what they have done is awful. <laughs> you know, mm. and you they shouldn't. They absolutely should not get away with what they've done. And it's very tense. And uh, I quite enjoyed it. So that's on Netflix. I also watched Kindred on Hulu, which is a bit of mom core. And we have a lot of people okay. who are very into mom core. Uh, yes who uh, listen to this podcast and it is about a woman who um, she and her husband are planning to move to Australia. They tell his mother that um, she is not happy about it. Uh, and then there is a terrible farm accident and the, the husband or fiance dies and the woman is left with his family, with his mother and this weird also jack loudon <laughs> this oh, okay. weird guy who is like his brother but isn't really his brother just sort of lives with his mom and like as some sort of weird little servant guy um and slowly you know she's realizing she's having these kind of weird hallucinations and things like that um and also that there is something very weird about her not being able to leave uh the home and that they seem to okay. be trying to keep her there uh, mm -hmm. again, very, very tense movie the whole time and, you know, just stresses you the hell out while you watch it. Uh, but... I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't need it, man. I need something a bit like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I Next don't, thing... I don't know if that one's for you, but for the Next mom thing I watch watchers. has to be, I, I need a little bit of fluff next and froth. I need something that's gonna just, you know, yeah. no, I can, I want to switch my brain off. Which on that note, this week I also watched Little Monsters, which is uh, very oh, lighthearted. No, 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 not that one. The recent oh, okay. one with Lupita uh, Nyong'o. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Which was that was fun, um, even though I don't like zombie movies. That was a cute little. Zombie oh, I have movie. seen that. I have seen that. Yeah, it's and a it fun, was fun. Yeah, it's just yes. a really fun yes, film with Lupita Nyong'o, mm. like kicking ass but being very adorable the whole oh. time, like. Mm. My gosh, it's <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's I I recommend it. It is so much fun. I think it's it's also on Hulu. And of course, I watched the classic Tammy and the T-Rex uh with the Dead and Lovely crew the other night and Tammy and the T-Rex is always a good time. Joe Bob mm -hmm. did it on his show on Shutter the other night, so live streamed that. If you've never seen Tammy and the T-Rex, no, I've yeah. never heard of it even. You've never heard of Tammy and the T-Rex. This is like a rediscovered no. movie. It was made in like 1990, 89, somewhere in that. It's young Paul Walker, young Denise Richards, um, where uh, Paul Walker is a jock who is like mauled by a big cat. And uh, instead of like the doctor comes in and is like, oh, he's dead. Uh, but really he takes him away and he puts his brain inside of a big animatronic t-rex okay <laughs> and, i did not uh, see that coming. denise richards falls in love with her boyfriend the t-rex and it is nice. the most absurd thing you have ever seen and it is fun through and through oh, this good. is what a bad movie should be where yes. every element i mean the makeup and everything the effects the gore effects in it are great um but it is just silly. I mean, there's a scene where the T-Rex takes his little arms and like puts a quarter in the pay phone and makes a phone call. Like it is, it knows exactly what it is. Mm. 
and it is super fun. So I'm Candy sold. and the T Rex. I'm sold. I'm yeah, sold. I need gotta, it. It's Tiny really... T-Rex, uh, so Night of the Living Dead, 1990, Midsummer. what else we fucking talk about? Kindred, is that what you Kindred, call Kindred, yes, and okay. Caliber. Hmm. Yeah. Lots to keep me going this week there, I think. Yeah, so mm. we felt like, you know, we didn't we didn't give anyone, uh, we didn't give any recommendations or anything like that last week. So we figured we'd get mm. that, we'd knock that right out uh, and give you some things to watch this coming week. So yes. happy, happy viewing everyone. But what You're we really welcome. want to talk about, <laughs> what we really want to talk about this week uh, is the ever uplifting <laughs> subject of kids who kill. Kids who commit murder. I mean, kids who commit murder. it's a fucking huge topic, isn't it? I mean, it is. Yes. Any, any crime perpetrated against a child is is Im- immediately elevated in in its kind of heinousness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, rightly so. We we, and I'm speaking broadly here, but I'm sure no one would disagree that the the, the period of childhood is is very very sacred and special and should be should be you know cherished and protected. So any crime perpetrated against a child obviously is is. Uh, you know, immediately taken to a, a different level of seriousness than a, a crime perpetrator. Yeah, it to feels like a much greater violation. Yes, yes. But when it's a child themselves committing a heinous act, that's an entirely different realm of mm-hmm. head fuckery. It completely right. upends the paradigm, doesn't it? It completely fucking tips, you know, all of your perception about what childhood is. Mm-hmm. And 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 what it is to be a child, it tips that entirely on its head, and can leave it can leave you just searching for for for, for answers, for reasons, for sense, trying to make sense out of it. Um, yeah, it's interesting it's that you kind of frame it that way too, because honestly, like this idea of childhood being something that is innocent and should be protected and whatnot is a pretty like very recent concept. <laughs> like mm. go a hundred years back and you know point. you're not going to find the the same perspectives on what childhood is um mm. and so there's a lot of this wrapped up in this idea of kids that we have constructed uh mm. in a very recent time period and this this delicate innocent uh you know tabula rasa that we have yet to sort of wound with uh adult problems and concerns I, and things I, like that. Am I wrong then straight out the gate in that, in that assertion? That well, I don't my th- take my, my just to pull on that a little bit more. Right. Yeah. As we've gone, as we've talked about time and time again, m- my belief is that the world is fucked, irrevocably fucked mm-hmm. and is only going to become more so to the point where it's very soon about to become dangerous and, and untenable. Right. right? And is fun. for people in a lot of areas. Yes. Yes. So my take is really that, that the, the, you know, if you've got a little bit of time in your life where you don't have to engage with that, then that should be, you, you deserve that much at least fucking hell. Right. You would hope, honestly. Mm. And, and I think, see, I think to, to ask, are you wrong about that is the wrong question. I think, is yeah. it realistic for the vast majority of children is mm. a better question. Mm. Um, and the answer I would say to that is probably no. Mm. <laughs> and, and that 
the degree to which we are able to protect kids, even as the world gets worse, is probably better in the past 10 years than it has mm -hmm. been ever. Like I'm constantly, I say this a lot to my friends who are parents, and I think this about you, I think this about um, the Helms brothers, I think this about, you know, Leanne, people like that, raising their kids in all of these like healthy ways to avoid trauma on yeah, their yeah, children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think about how I was talking, you know, a month or so ago or a couple months ago about um, Chris Gethard talking in that documentary about Action Park uh, and about <laughs> yeah. the absolute trauma of being a kid in the 80s. Right? Yeah. And that for most people and then try like being a kid of color anywhere, things like that. Like for most mm. kids, it is not a period mm. where they're protected. It's like absolutely a terrible experience in life, but they have, you know, we hope that that's not the case. And so I think that there's, in, in asking about this, one of the things that comes up in probably the killers that you were looking at in researching this and the ones that I was looking at in researching this is mm. a common thread in this is that none of them had a, a chance. None of them had the childhood that we want to imagine as, you know, what we hope for kids. Mm. And the ways in which they acted out are not normal necessary, but I don't necessarily think their experience of childhood and mm. the trauma that comes along with it is that unique. That was certainly a common factor in every single case that every I've read case. about, except one um which oh, which okay. i'll uh, which i'll move on to which i'll talk about a bit later on i mean the first the first the, the the you know that's never been more true than it is in the case of mary bell absolutely yep um so we're going back to the late 60s uh and at 11 years old mary bell killed two uh strangled two young children to death in the north of england newcastle on time um uh an horrifically traumatic childhood, yeah. um, you know, given to her mother's friends to be abused. Her uh, mother was a, a sex worker who uh -huh. had her at age 17, wasn't around a whole lot, didn't mm -hmm. totally know who the father was. But so, so many people have difficult upbringings. So many people have right. traumatic early years. So that in and of itself doesn't doesn't do it you know that doesn't give that bit of that that if it were as simple as traumatic early years leads to developmental issues which leads to violent tendencies if it were that straightforward that would at least add some 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 context which would take away that feeling of unease and fucking weirdness around <laughs> kids who who, right. who who act in that way yeah um i was it, thinking i actually had like taken notes thinking about that because i had watched I watched a documentary last week. It was a, an okay documentary, but it was on Netflix about a woman who has sort of fought the death penalty um, throughout her entire career and sort of right. moving away from the idea of evil to looking at these environmental factors and the things that they do to your brain and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I watched a documentary today that was um, about, I watched a couple of them, one of them about Mary Bell, um, one about uh, John Venables and, and Robert Thompson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I was thinking about that, right? So as I said, I don't think trauma is an unusual experience for children. No, um, no. And that, you know, it's not an excuse for anything. However, I was thinking about the fact that like, okay, so when I was growing up, um, 
there was no corporal punishment in my right. house, right? So nobody ever got spanked or things mm-hmm. like that. As yep. an adult or and, and growing up, it never ever dawns on me to raise a hand to someone if they anger me. Has never been a thing. I've never thought to no. slap someone, punch someone. I might say it like, oh, I could, I could punch that person, but I would never, like it would never even be a thing. However, there are a lot of other ways in which our environment was toxic and abusive. And the ways that I respond to conflict are shaped by that. That doesn't mean that I respond abusively (laughs) to conflict um, because when I process this out, it manifests in different ways. It manifests in mostly for me, shutting down is my response to conflict over things. And that is my trauma response, right? But that's exactly what it is. My brain is fixed because of something you know, what I experienced throughout my youth and the way that I process it, knowing I don't want to do this, knowing that I don't want to shut down is that I still do it every time, right? As a result of this kind of stuff. And so Mm. thinking about like, what if my world had been violence all the Mm. time? What Mm. if, you know, I had been heinously physically abused or things like that? I Mm. could be a person who shuts down to everybody as a result or I could perpetuate that kind of cycle because I'm so traumatized. Now think about that as a kid who has yet to develop a sense of like fully right and wrong and responsibility for your actions and acting out the life that you see around you feels, I mean, because kids who are spanked hit each other all the time, right? Like they act out the thing that they learned to do. It's again, not an excuse. But it is, I think, something that is worth thinking about yeah. in this, you yes, know? Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, you know, the, the, it, is, it is way too pervasive a, a commonality. It's way too mm-hmm. common a theme to, to be disregarded. I mean, you, you talked about Thompson and Venables, the most, you know, yeah. again. Amongst the most a, famous cases of kids murdering kids here. So they yeah, had yeah, yeah, abducted yeah, yeah. Um, James Bolger. Was that his name? Yeah, that was his name. Uh, so these uh, kids were both uh, 10, uh, wandered off with a two-year-old and subjected him to, you know, uh, hours of, 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 of abuse before killing him finally. But yeah, uh, you can you can immediately look at, 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 at a fractured upbringing, um, both with parents who'd separated, uh, both with, you know, not great uh, kind of uh, school attendance, no no kind of structures in their lives. Um, and, Often coming know, from like, like with a lot of these coming from areas that are like this, right? yes, like economically yes, yes. depressed, crime-filled areas mm. where this is a social problem too, not just within their own families, right? Especially in the case of Mary Bell. I, I totally, totally agree with, you know, you, you, you do what you know. Yes. You, right. you, you behave, you behave in ways that you've seen as acceptable. You, you, you know, we, we do what we know, but in the, the catalog of abuse they inflicted on that kid, mm-hmm. prolonged sadistic treatment of that kid before killing him. There was nothing, there's nothing in their upbringings to suggest that that had that that had been something that, that they'd been subjected to on anything like that scale. Right. Which, and you, the, the media is so, so, so unhelpful in matters like this. Yeah. 
because it was so impossible to seemingly impossible to put your finger on because it was so fucking uncanny that something like this would happen you in in so much of the reporting you see ridiculous terms like you know evil mm-hmm. and fucking you know demonic being used in reporting yeah. the, the see useless useless way of looking at this completely counterproductive it, it, it achieves absolutely nothing sells uh, the papers sorry sells well, papers. yeah of course of course of course it does um in that case to the point where you know in 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 some areas there was talk they were looking at the, the fucking kids dad's video rental history right just oh, maybe they saw about them <laughs> right you know moral panics around around the kind of content that they were consuming yeah um, absolutely because i think people i think people need a fucking reason why that happened and it has to it if you can find something like that it's easy to think your kid can't possibly do it right that like mm. or you couldn't possibly do it that there has to be the presence of well if my kid doesn't watch these movies that they rented then yeah they'll never do something like this. It's because, you know, <laughs> this thing, this particular thing we can pinpoint. Um, yeah. Or just to say, I mean, I think this is the thing, this is what that documentary on Netflix was kind of talking about too, is like, if you just sort of put psychopath as a label on someone, yes. it, they are other now, and it is not something that can occur in the rest of us, you know? The, mm. Okay, it's just that they have, their their wiring was off. And that's why they do this, as opposed to thinking about the variety of reasons and, and situations that people get into or, or are subjected to that breed mm. something like this. Like, there's, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that this is very much a, a nurture issue. Nature. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that this is something that is largely... You know, every, of course, it's not going to be every single time, but the vast majority of the time, you're going to find all kinds of things in the past that actually structurally and, and societally and in the fam- mm. family kind of explains why a kid does mm. something like this. And while they may not have, you know, had the same kinds of pain inflicted upon them, uh, that doesn't mean that they didn't see sadism in sure. their life. They weren't you know, punished extremely mm. harshly in ways that made it seem like that's acceptable to do to another human being or, yep. you know. And this is one of the things, like, I think is fascinating about... So one of the controversies about these kids uh, is that actually those two and Mary Bell were all put into the same... At different times, obviously, these are 30 years apart or whatever, but put into the same, like, home after yeah. they were um, sentenced. So they don't, they're not put in prison. They are put into these homes uh, for like essentially juvenile delinquents or whatever. Um, and it's really fascinating. You can see stuff on uh, on YouTube and whatnot of other people who lived in those residences talking about them and, you know, people who actually interacted with them. Like the Venables yeah. thing was like a big deal. So like it would come on TV while he was in the room <laughs> and, you know, the people who, you know, uh, were running the place would turn it off because the kids weren't supposed to know who he was, um, you know, but they were put into these homes and the idea behind them 
is to be rehabilitative, uh, to say like, we know that there is so much trauma in people's past and that the, the social systems that they grew up with are probably largely at fault for this. Uh, mm. And so the idea behind these places um, theoretically is a good one to how do we, how do we get to the root of that uh, and try to fix it? The, impl- the, um, the way that this was sort of put into place, maybe less good. Didn't, didn't work out as well as it should have. But the idea behind it makes sense if you acknowledge that environmental factors are largely what breeds these people. Yeah, that, that's where you have to start from, isn't it? That's, mm-hmm. That has to be where you start from. I, I, it, really interesting that you mentioned Red Bank. I didn't, I had no idea until today that Mary Bell and uh, Venables and Thompson both ended up sent to Red Bank. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And to see, I mean, here's the thing about that, right? So they all go to the same place. Mm. Thompson and um, Bell as far as we know, yep. are fine. They yep. have not ever reoffended. There's nothing right. to say that this became a pattern in the rest of their lives. Uh, mm. Mary Bell had a child um, and successfully sued to make it so that her and her child can never have their identities released. Um, and her granddaughters, I believe, too. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. there's a long line. There's no reoffending here, no recidivism happening. Venables is a giant piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, to the point where he's he's requested uh, not to be released. He's requested not to be given parole um, <laughs> to, you know, for fears of his own safety and because he, he just is quite open about the fact that he would reoffend. Yeah, I mean, he's found with, like, child pornography yeah, on his yeah, yeah, computer. Yeah. He is getting mm-hmm. into fights. He is just, yeah. I mean, mm. it it didn't work. For him no but then again like you said we hear nothing of, of of john thompson and mary bell now um incredible yeah so something about this uh it, it seems like it it works in some way mm. uh and you know the the people who worked for this place and who talk about how they um put these things into practice in general talk about mm the idea that what is really central is to get them to understand they did a bad thing. Um, and they say the younger that the offender was, the harder that actually is because they really just don't, it's hard for them to really conceptualize yeah. exactly yeah. what they did. Um, and so, you know, they consider central to being able to rehabilitate these kids, being able to get them to sort of understand like you did something absolutely terrible. You need to understand as well as which, that. In in long term memory would be an issue yeah. as well. I oh, mean, absolutely. I, Who remembers no, what they did at ten? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and when you when you physically have absolutely no recollection of something, but yeah. yet you're being punished for it for the rest of your life. Exactly. I mean, and that seems crazy, right? To mm. think like you would forget something mm. like that, but you absolutely would think it like they're yeah that's the thing is people who were abused their whole lives, right. Might not remember the exact instances of it. Yeah. Um, but it's going to have a lasting effect. And I think that's the thing with a lot of these kids is that like, they don't, they don't remember exactly what that was like, but there's just something they're being punished for. Um, mm. And I thought, you know, there was a woman in one of the documentaries who said something that I thought was really interesting because people were really mad that the kids were not being punished more harshly. 
Um, and that like they felt that like you know the fact that there was like a playstation at this place was like what why do these kids get to play with a playstation stuff like that um and so one woman who works in one of these places she said under the law the punishment is the deprivation of your liberty not what's done to you inside and that is a hard thing for us to move away from when we think about prison, you know, and the prison industrial complex and whatnot, is that we think of it primarily as like punishment and that everything inside should be misery. Yeah, and that does really nothing point. to fix any of the social ills. Uh, so if someone is released and all they've had is punishment all this mm. time, you're going to get a severely punished, traumatized person uh, but have done nothing towards rehabilitating them. And she's like, that's not what you're sentenced to. You're sentenced to not be free anymore. Mm. What happens inside not is Not to process spend your of... entire time suffering. Yeah, Right. Yeah. And we are not great at conceptualizing that. We want people to suffer. Uh, and they're working off of a restorative justice model, which is so far outside most how most of us think about this. And then you've got the kind of the, the, the issue of adult accountability the 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 idea of are you accountable fully in 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 a mature sense for your actions at 10 right (laughs) like that's a really and in most cases i think we understand the answer is no we consider Mm. ourselves to be teaching kids to be accountable at that age but when someone does something so adult and yeah. so heinous as to murder, yeah. it messes with how we think about that. You know, there was a, a radio show host who um, was having people call in and talk about uh, John Venables, about both of them, about Venables and Thompson. And um, one guy called in, he was like, you know, I would have hung him. And the guy was like, you would have hung children. And he was like, no, I think when they turned 18, they should have hung him. It's like, mm-hmm. so, and the radio host who actually is like very tough on these guys. He was like very much like their punishment wasn't strong enough, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But even still, he was like, so you would have these children charged and then hang out for a few years and then hang them once they reach 18. And the guy was like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that total, dis- like they cease to be it's, children yeah, yeah, or human. even human. Yes. In people's minds at that, at that point, instead of thinking about like, what are 10 year olds? you know really like and as always i feel like i always sound like i'm defending terrible people like oh you should be able to eat people consensually or you know things like that (laughs) like i'm always kind of on this team but it is sort of the prison abolitionist in me that also is like the model for how we're trying to deal with this isn't working it's just making more of this well uh a survey whereas it's a a 10-year-old survey but it was a survey in the uk um, that suggested that two thirds of adults are in favor of raising the age of criminal responsibility to 12 or above. What is it now? 10. Really? Yes, in the UK, the age of criminal responsibility is 10 years old. That's what does that like functionally mean for? So, does that mean you can go to adult jail or that like what does it mean to be? You can be tried as an adult in front of a jury as opposed to in a youth court. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. Um, yeah, they do. They, they they do. There's some amendments they make to the process. Um, 
uh, for example, they'll call the defendant by their first name as opposed to just, you know, by their, by their, by their full name. Um, barristers and lawyers won't wear kind of wigs and gowns. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's a the less defendant. intimidating process. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But functionally, it's, it's yeah, you, you, you get tried as an adult. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know what it is here. Um, I, mm. I honestly feel like it's a case by case thing. I don't know if there is a distinct age. I think it is based on the severity of the crime and they hold a um, like a preliminary hearing to say, mm. should we charge this person as an adult or not? I don't think that it's across the board like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's what I've, I kind of understand it to be here. Um, but it's, you know, it's a fascinating thought and one that, I don't know, I think I just always think we approach all of this wrong and that we're, we're treating, we're treating these things after we can do anything about them or like, you know, we're just sort of letting it fester. And in America, we have such a insane prison system and population and all that kind of stuff that we do nothing to, we criminalize everything and we do nothing to rehabilitate anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh I think you know when you put that with kids that's even more the case but I'm, I'm curious as to what the case was with the person who did not have like a shitty past that you were talking oh, about okay well did you did you come across uh David Brom I don't think so David Brom okay so uh 1988 when David Brom was, uh, I believe he was 16, which is kind of on the brink of mm-hmm. our agreement here. I yeah, think. it's kind of a, I was somewhat avoiding getting into the later teens, but I mm. think we can count it nonetheless. Um, and the the usual factors are missing here, right? Mm. Uh, 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 a stable family life and none of those red flags of, of you know, of, of, of abuse or of violence. Um, and seemingly out of nowhere on February 18th, 1988, he kills his father, mm. his mother, his sister, and his nine-year-old brother uh, in their beds with an axe. Is this the same guy with the, the photo that you showed? Oh no 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 no! This okay. Is a guy. This is, yeah. All right. So this is um, just a thing that happens fairly often, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty-eight kills his entire family while they slept. Jeez. Yeah. Um. Admit and then ad- admits it to one of his school friends and is uh, apprehended. So what did they like? What did his defense team say happened? What was? Was this a psychotic break? Was there like what? How did they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the he, he had another. There was one uh, uh, other brother who didn't live at home, uh, and he was apprehended as a suspect. Oh. Um, yeah, but he, you know he had he had a, a rock solid alibi, and they pulled mm-hmm. David's palm prints from the axe, so it was it was, it was clearly him. Um, arrested the next day, uh, claimed he did it because he and his father had an argument about the kind of music he was listening to. Um, but in terms of defense, um, it's a really good shout. Uh, <laughs> the guy didn't enter a plea. So he just kind of, I did it. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's interesting, you know, like that. I don't have any explanation for that other than of course, what is a stable family life really? 
and, and also mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, there's you know you always run the risk with even asking that kind of thing of victim blaming right like oh what did what did his parents really do that yes. caused him to yes. do this which is not at all you know what <laughs> what I would like to say about this so much as what does behaviorally what is someone like you know, was this literally the only time he ever did anything violent was he like just like a cool chill kid and then he just like murdered <laughs> or you know it's there's so many questions well his like his that. his defense was insanity um but he was convicted convicted of first degree murder mm-hmm. but again it it doesn't it doesn't yeah, it doesn't have the markers with any, of exactly exactly no yeah. no uh you know habits traits yeah. um history it just yeah. seemed to have come i don't know he was a catholic a catholic family mm-hmm. uh I don't know. Is there something there? I don't know. But yeah, it's also. But I think being like the teenager too also does kind of. It's mm. harder to if it, teenagers do weird shit too, and mm. it almost feels like a different thing than what a ten-year-old does. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> That's certainly on the on the outer fringes of what we're talking about here. But I mean yeah. that that. But yeah, it does case, defy the pattern. It does completely, and it, it jumps out a mile to me as being just out of the blue it just makes it even more difficult like i said way back at the start of this chat it makes it even more difficult when you know you start to think right okay well that's that's the formula then that's mm-hmm. right that's how we can explain it yeah but if from time to time it just throws up just these random decisions yeah that people make that guy in particular no. that 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 feels i i feel comfortable in filing that one under ooh fucking nuts kid yeah you know? like maybe this is like an actual psychopath or whatever. yes yes you know? yes yes whereas there's the, something those, broken those, mary bell and those those other two man venables and thompson there's it's so extreme mm-hmm. and prolonged yeah it just leaves you fucking searching for answers it leaves you it leaves you yearning for a fucking for something you can latch on to i guess to explain it yeah and when you do it's just it's not it doesn't make you feel good no nah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, way. It doesn't. the explanation is just the terrible trauma that they went through it's no good for anybody you know it's no. just a, a but i also think you know the thing about that is when we acknowledge environmental factors of things it does make it possible for us to prevent this kind of stuff instead of throwing our our hands up at it and why i'm always so like like so amazed by my friends and whatnot raising their kids in ways that are so good and like talking to their children and not like punishing Mm. them in in disproportionate ways and all this kind of stuff is that that is not how people grew up till recently (laughs) and this is like a it's a very you know late gen x millennial kind of thing to realize that you don't have to inflict trauma on your kids to help them grow up Mm. and that is part of breaking cycles of things like this happening you know and seeing these kinds of heinous things going on um also hey maybe there was like a oh go ahead i would love to see if instances of uh children committing atrocities like that have actually dropped off yeah since that like well also there's my favorite lead paint theory 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, maybe there's also that that is at play here. Some fucking, yeah, some X factor, which we we don't even know. Outside thing, yeah. But altogether, I think you're right. It's like, if we can look at these kinds of things, do they trend downwards? And Mm. is that affected at all by the way that we um, discipline and the way that we deal with environmental factors in society compared to how we did then? Uh, I don't know, Mark. Neither do I, and it frustrates the fuck out of me. <laughs> Neither do uh, I. Yeah, but uh, I don't think your kids are going to kill anybody. They'd better not, or I will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I really will. Have a stern talking to with them. I I will consider putting them on a PlayStation ban. Uh, harsh but fair. Harsh. Yep, I think so. Fair. I think so. Oh, Mark. Uh, listen, for such a colossal topic, right? We are never going to be able to do that justice. No, no um, absolutely not. But it's been a good therapy session. Yes, it has. It has. It, it again. It's 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 lovely to talk this stuff out with you, Corey. It's lovely to to think this stuff through. Right. Uh, even if, in many cases, we don't we don't come to any answers. Yeah, I don't think we're going to solve anything on this podcast. I, I've come to terms with that. Good. <laughs> we are not uh michelle mcnamara is not gonna all be gone in the dark this we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna talk about how it makes us feel netflix ain't gonna come and knock in anytime no. soon <laughs> absolutely not but uh i feel great about talking about it same here so hey everybody thanks for for going along on this journey let us know your thoughts on this if you um mm. if you think i keep defending terrible people too much please let me know um and uh any thoughts you have on nature versus nurture and child murderers if there's ones that we missed that you think uh we should have talked about i mean we missed plenty of them there's a lot of them but if you have one that you are fixated on feel free to to tell us about it Um, also yeah uh hey we haven't said it in a while but if you're enjoying listening to us uh hit up that itunes store or whatever it's called um and drop some stars on us and some reviews mm. so that more people can find us we're expanding and expanding and loving getting new people on board and we just want to keep on doing that so make sure yeah. that you leave us some love and tell your friends go tell your friends we love big shout out to ashton uh who this week told all of her friends to listen to oh, that the was, that was rapture beautiful episode yeah i watched um, i watched ashton joining all of our social media channels one after the other it was beautiful a lovely delightful. thing to see well you love to see it thank you yeah. <laughs> that sinister that, that whisper there by the way was sinister as shit tell your friends i didn't like that at all <laughs> i find that deeply unnerving did i do that yes you did <laughs> tell your friends tell your friends <laughs> oh my mm. gosh I'm such a weirdo. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> if I haven't scared you off with my weird little demon voice, then tell your friends all about us. And uh, otherwise, hey, we will uh, we'll see you next week then, eh, Mark? We sure will. Can't wait. Stay spooky, friends. Bye. <laughs>